All right, we are with Ray Kaplan of Kaplan Law. Hello. Hello. Kaplan Law Firm, officially, right? Kaplan Law Firm, yep. Also, by the way, not for nothing, that's pretty awesome. You have your own law firm. Oh, Congratulations. Thank you. That's really yes, cool. I've been practicing now since um, 2001. Okay, and you have a focus on financial debt relief. Yes, exactly. Kind of, um, it started off as a bankruptcy practice, and okay. we still have a corporate and personal bankruptcy practice, and it's been expanded over the last uh, several years to include a non-bankruptcy student loan practice. Okay. So how did that become your passion? Like, did you find through conversation with people or recognize like, oh, a lot of people have misinformation or not, not enough information on this topic? Both. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, it was odd to me that as an attorney, when it came to student loans and so many people having student loans, um, you know, you go to Chicago Bar Association functions and other lawyer functions and nobody seemed to have a good solution for people who were in serious student loan debt. And so I started to look for ways to kind of find solutions for my clients because I just felt uncomfortable basically saying, yeah, there's really nothing we can do. I know you've got student loan debt, but they're non-dischargeable in a bankruptcy and you're just kind of on your yeah, own sorry. with that one. Yeah, yeah sorry. Right. I just knew that that couldn't be the case. And so I had student loans. And um, I started to read the Higher Education Act, which is the statute that governs federal student loans. And once I realized kind of how it all works and how it applied to my loans, then I started to realize how it could apply to everybody's loans. Yeah, okay, because like the learn how it works part, to, for my money, it's which is funny, it feels like they've, I don't mean they, like big they, but it seems very difficult to understand mm -hmm. to the point that sometimes you go, well, did they just make it this difficult so that I won't learn about all the ins and the outs <laughs> that can help me? Yes, those ins and outs exist, but they want it to be difficult. So for you doing it on your own, did you find as a lawyer who is practicing Absolutely. in this realm, you're like, this is very difficult to understand? Federal student loan law is a very complicated area of practice and made so more by the fact that there's a lot of anxiety around student loans in general and there's a statute which is thick and it applies to many different types of federal loans. There are lots of different types of federal loans, which was yeah. also something else I didn't realize. So there are the old ones, there are the new ones, there are ones um, that people got in the 90s called FFEL loans. So those are for folks who went to school in the 90s and um, you know are still carrying big loan balances because back in the day when people would get federal loans, they would go to the banks and the banks would issue these these loans and then the loans were underwritten or insured by the federal government. Okay. So they're considered federal loans even though you would actually go to a bank. And so a lot of people don't know that they actually have federal loans. They think they have private loans because they went to a bank. And so right. there's that element of confusion. And then after 2000 and I believe all federal loans were issued directly from the Department of Education, and those are called direct loans. And those are the type that most people today have direct federal loans. Okay. So there's the number one confusion is, do I have federal or private loans? Because then there are also private loans added into this craziness mix where, and sometimes people will have a combination, federal loans and private loans. And sometimes the kids will have loans. The parents will have loans. Nobody knows whose loans are whose. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so our job is really to kind of untangle that mix and figure out 
who's responsible on which loans because then the law applies to the borrower. And I'll give you an example of why that's yeah, important, please. right? So if you have, let's say, a parent who's a little bit older and retired, and let's say they put all their kids through college and they took out a whole bunch of federal parent plus loans, which I personally really like federal parent plus loans. I don't work for the government. <laughs> I work in the <laughs> private sector, but I really like federal parent plus loans because there's so much flexibility built into the statute that governs them. Okay. So if you have a parent who has maybe $200,000 in federal parent plus loans and they're retired and they have some sort of illness or ailment, let's say um, anxiety and depression or arthritis, back pain, knee pain, anything where your doctor can sign off on it and say, because of this illness or ailment, this person probably is not going to be able to go back to work. We can have that entire loan balance forgiven in one fell swoop. Oh, my goodness. So no more federal student loan payments. They're done. They're gone. There's no negative credit ramifications. They're okay. just forgiven. And most cases, they're forgiven tax-free. So they don't even have to pay federal income really? taxes on that. Yeah. So there are so many ways and paths to get your loans forgiven if they're federal loans. Okay. And so that's really what we look for is that there's all this kind of relief that's right there in the law. It's just people don't know how to get at it. So that's where we come in. Okay. So that's a lot of what we're going to talk about today is the information that you may need when it comes to your student loan. Uh, and then also information that may help you to either alleviate the amount that you owe, or in that case, for example, a wipe away right. or what, you know, uh, but what I thought we could do is at the very beginning. So let's say that I'm 18 mm -hmm. and I've just gotten into my dream school and I'm really excited. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, my parents and I are talking and there's like a little bit of money that may be helpful to me, but I need to take on some loans. What would you say to a young person who this is most likely to be their first large financial decision? Right. And then it's one that could impact them over the next maybe decades, you know, decades right? Because mm -hmm. they could have continued education. This could keep going. Right. So what sort of things should a like the 18 year old, but also their parents be thinking about when approaching the idea of student loans? Okay. So that's a great question. Um, yes. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> I love cases where people come to us for our pre-debt planning consultation. Okay, so people can reach out to you at Kaplan Absolutely. before they've even gotten a loan to go, we're thinking of doing this. That's the best time. Okay, got it. Yes. So, so it's sort of like getting pre-approved for a mortgage. You <laughs> got to like of. go find out like, oh, well, you, we think you could afford this, so don't go buy that house, but... Right. Okay. Um, in other words, our job, if you're coming in for a pre-college planning um, consultation is to create a plan and a strategy for that family. So for example, like you were mentioning, the parents have a child who just got in to maybe Illinois Northwestern State. or Illinois or State. Or Northwestern. Okay. I went to Illinois State. <laughs> Northwestern didn't call, but okay. Well, let's take Northwestern just because it's a more expensive example. Yeah, 100%. And I actually just ran into this um, okay. a couple of days ago. So Northwestern runs around seventy to $80,000 a year for tuition room and board. Okay. I have two kids, so I've got we've got their accounts. They're four and two. So by the time they get there, it's going to be like $270,000. <laughs> and so what I would semester. recommend for you guys would yes. be, if you don't already, to get 529 We accounts. have 529s going Perfect. for both kids. Yeah, okay. so I started them like day two. I was half that's tired in the hospital. I'm like, fidelity, smart. let's go. That's right. That's okay, very great. smart. And each state has their own kind of 529 account. In Illinois, it's called Bright Start, uh, yes. brightstart.com. And you can also have family members contribute to the 529 every year. And instead of kids racking up a bunch of toys that are going to be in the basement every year yes. anyway, maybe have family members contributing to their 529. 
because in you know 10 15 16 years you'd be surprised how much money you have in there to pay okay so side question uh Mm -hmm. so grandma and grandpa are doing that which is lovely for us however grandma and grandpa started their own that's wonderful and then we have one yes okay great even better that's great honestly that's a great solution because Grandma and Grandpa's 529 accounts doesn't have to be disclosed on FAFSA, so it won't count against your kids in terms of what they can qualify for in terms of their own federal aid. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Grandma and Grandpa should open some more. No, I'm kidding. Okay, great, great, great. Okay, great. So that's one really, really creative and good solution. And um, so let's say the kid gets into Northwestern. Right, okay, so we're back in Northwestern. Right, and the parent is dealing with the sticker shock, and maybe they only have, you know, twenty or $30,000 saved, and so then parents start to panic because they want their kid to go to be able to go to the best school that where they gained admittance right so the issue then is okay how are we going to pay for this and a lot of parents panic and they'll take out private student loans which i'm not a big fan okay unless you really cannot take out federal student loans so in most instances the student will qualify for federal student loans but here's what people don't know when you are a student between the age of 18 and 24, the Department of Education considers you to be a dependent. Right. Meaning you're not a good credit risk. And unless you are in a really dire situation, you're not going to qualify for much in terms of your own federal student loans. You'll maybe get around $5,000, $6,000 a year, which is a drop in the bucket if tuition is eighty grand a year. Right. Right? So then the issue is how to cover that deficiency balance there. And that's where parents do something panicky that sometimes can be a bad financial decision that they're paying for for a long time, which right. is what we want to avoid. Okay. So what we like to do is go over federal parent plus loans for them at that point and what it will look like if they are to take out federal parent plus loans for say $360,000 um, for four years of tuition at... Northwestern University. And depending on which parent is the borrower, in very, very often, because of the way the law applies to federal parent plus loans, the parent will only have to pay back a fraction of what was borrowed and the balance is forgiven. So in that situation, if you're a parent and you're working, maybe you're a public school teacher or you're a firefighter or you work anywhere in the public sector. Let's say you work for the state of Illinois, or maybe you work as a um, at one of the hospitals right, at, okay. at Advocate Lutheran General right. or something like that. Um, the way it works is you can take out all of those federal parent plus loans, completely finance your kid's college education, not have to make payments while they're in school. So no payments while the kids are in school. Payments start when the kids graduate. And then the payments are going to be based on a formula that's based on the borrower's income. Okay. And one of the payment plans is an income contingent repayment plan, which basically boils down to 20% of their adjusted gross discretionary income, which is a pretty low payment. Um, And then there's a way to even get that payment lower to where it's about 10% of your adjusted gross discretionary income. So you might have $300,000 in federal parent plus loans, but you may only have to pay back $40,000 over a period of 10 years before the entire loan balance is forgiven by operation of law. Wow. Yeah. So it just frees up so many ways to finance your kid's college education. Yeah. Not have a tremendous amount of anxiety because you know how the law applies to you and to your loans. So it 
Yeah. It's interesting because it the law exists. So all right. we're saying is better understand the laws that exist to help you. Right. Because some people might use the phrase, you're taking advantage. But it's like, well, yes and no. This law exists. Well, Your right. job so, is to understand it. Exactly. Right. So you'll know how it will apply to you. So we have a lot of clients, too, who are making three and $400,000 a year. And the way the law applies to them is they've got a high payment. And they're going to pay back those loans. Right. But these laws were passed by... Congress, the Senate, signed into law by the president, and they've been in place since the early 2000s. And the key is that, you know, I think that maybe the Department of Ed isn't shouting it from the rooftops. Right. (laughs) Yeah, right, right, right. They don't want everyone to rush out. But my feeling about this is that you should know. Just Mm -hmm. like you should know if you have the ability to take a tax deduction. If you can pay less in taxes, right. and maybe that money that you would have been spending on taxes, now you can pay down your mortgage. Well, there are so many layers of that, even outside of education, like a homeowner's exemption that a lot of homeowners don't take advantage of because they don't realize it's there. It's these things. So this law, these laws have been in place since the early 2000s. So let's call it roughly 20 years, just conversationally. Right. It felt to me like we hit a fever pitch in the pandemic. So in like 2020 through uh, or 2022 like as things started to uh you know students couldn't go to school and now there was other debt forgiveness plans do you feel like people began looking for more education on this topic at that point i think so and it it became kind of a a political hot button topic because um i think the pandemic did precipitate and and fuel a lot of that um, because it really wasn't fair that kids weren't able to go to campus and still were being charged the same amount for tuition, room and board. Right, to be room on and Zoom. Board, to be on Zoom. For, right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's crazy. So um, the, d- there's a lot of discussion there. And then the cost of college admissions is, or just going to college for four years, is really so expensive today. And so it really makes sense to not just kind of blindly rush in and not really know how to handle the financial burden that is going to come with going to college. And we kind of look at it like a pie chart, right? So if you can have scholarships, there's a lot of great resources for scholarships because surprisingly there are scholarships for everything. You can get a scholarship if you play a musical instrument, community service. If you're looking like, for example, the University of Alabama once you're there, if your GPA is over 3.4, I believe, they'll give you $20,000 a year. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so that means less in terms of student loans that you need right. to borrow or that your parents need to borrow. So there's a great um, website called Scholarship Owl, like the bird. Oh, okay. Yeah. ScholarshipOwl.com. Okay. And they curate all these different scholarships and tell you how to apply, what the deadline is. So it's a really great resource. Okay. So right there, that helps really chop down the cost. And then you have what the student borrower can take, which is right. not going to be a lot in most cases. And then you have 529 accounts, which is another part of that pie to pay for college. And then lastly, federal student loans, um, federal parent plus loans, and being strategic about who in the family should be that federal parent plus borrower because if you have a parent who is working in the public sector probably that parent should be the federal parent plus borrower okay because that means you're going to be paying for 10 years loans forgiven okay versus 25 years if you're in the private sector ah uh, okay got it right okay so i've done the work ahead of time now i'm 20 
two and I'm out of college, mm-hmm. at what point now will I need to, I think, you know, coming, I went to college and right. you come out of college and everybody's like, oh, this is great. We don't have anything to worry about. Then all of a sudden one day it's like, I got a lot to worry about. And there's a lot of pressure. Is it too late to get this information at that point or no? There's a lot of information no. that can be. There's a lot of information and the servicers aren't going to give it to you. Right. So when you have these federal loans, you owe the money to the Department of Ed. But the Department of Ed hires servicers. Um, Nelnet, Advantage, used to be Navient, uh, yeah. was one of them, Mohila. There's a few different servicers that service these loans. Their job is to keep track of your payments and to send you statements. Their job is not to tell you what the best option is under the law so that you pay what you're supposed to pay, but not more than you're supposed to pay. Right. So they kind of put everybody into a standard repayment plan, and then people get those letters saying, your first payment is going to be starting in October and your payment is $2,000 a month. Right. You're like, well, that's my rent. Or, <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know, What like, am I going to do? That's all what? I make in a month. What are exactly. you talking about? So, right. And that is incorrect. And people see that letter and, of course, panic, rightfully so. Um, but there are so many better options that they have available to them. People just don't know about those options. And so that's where we come into the picture. Okay. So if I'm a person who's been paying my student loans for 10 years and just taking it on the chin, okay, here I go. This is still a person who should reach out to you guys. There's still things that can be done to help or still information that can be Absolutely. Gleaned. Yeah. Because okay. sometimes what will happen is that somebody would call up their servicer and say, I'm having trouble making the payments. What can I do? And the servicer, looking at their script, would say, like, well, we can put you into forbearance. Well, interest accrues while you're in right. forbearance. So your loan balance is growing. So it's kind of putting a Band-Aid on there temporarily, but maybe making the problem worse. And so then you have to come out of forbearance at some point. Usually you have 36 months of statutory forbearance available. Okay. And, you know, now you're out of forbearance and you have a ginormous payment that you have to make. Now what? Well, there are income-based payment plans that you can enter into that we can calculate for you. That will be 10% of your gross discretionary income. So we just had a client where her monthly payment went from $2,000 a month to $200 a month. Oh, wow. Yep. And that keeps you current and in good standing. And don't forget, student loans get forgiven after either 10 years or 25 years. Okay. So one way or another, those loans are going to get forgiven. You just have to make payments under one of these payment plans. Right. In order to maintain. In order to be in compliance with the statute. That's all you have to do. You don't have to focus on, I'm going to pay this loan off. If you can't and that's unrealistic, then don't try to do that because we have a statute that means that you don't have to do that. Right. Now, if you have private loans, it's a different story. We So a private loan, sorry, that would be I went to Wells Fargo and said, I'm going to go to college. And they said, okay, great, here's a loan to go to college. Right. Another big one, Discover. Okay. And, you know, these are good tools if you, for some reason, can't access federal loans, which is pretty rare. But usually most people will qualify for federal loans and federal parent plus loans. Okay, got it. So we should be able to kind of not dip into the private loan area. But sometimes it's too late. People don't know or they don't know that it's a private loan or that there's any distinction to be made there, right? Yeah. So um, if you have private loans, then it's a different calculus. And basically that calculus is we advise you to be as aggressive as possible in terms of paying down those loans. Got it. Or to maybe refinance them for a lower interest rate. Yeah, so I wanted to ask you, so a friend of ours has multiple student loans, Mm -hmm. right, from multiple um, outlets because 
there was undergraduate and then graduate school and then a change of heart and another graduate program and then nursing school. Oh boy. Right. So Mm -hmm. it bounced around. And so recently we were chatting about, there was something where, and I may be totally out of, out to lunch on this. So that's why I'm asking you. So (laughs) it was something where they will average the interest rate on the loans in order to make a lower payment and lump them all together. Is that a thing? Am I making that up? No, that's that's true. So if okay. you have a whole <laughs> bunch of different federal student loans, okay. like you have um, undergrad loans and graduate loans and a whole bunch of federal loans, what you can do is a federal consolidation, which kind of just sweeps them all into one federal consolidation loan. Okay. And they take a weighted average of your current interest rates, and that'll be your new interest rate. Got it. And it usually lowers it a little bit. Yeah. Right? That's Yeah, that was what this friend was saying. Right. Yep. And then you can choose one of these payment plans, whichever one makes the most sense for you. And if you're working in the public sector or, you know, for a government or state entity, it yeah. definitely makes sense to be in an income-based payment plan because- after 120 months, meaning 10 years, your entire loan balance is forgiven, okay. plus all of the interest that has accrued since day one when those loans were dispersed to your school. Oh. So people always ask me, like, well, but interest is accruing, interest is accruing. Yes, it is. But if you're in the public sector, do we care? No, because that's all going to be forgiven. Right. Either and you're in- not going to have to pay it. Okay, got it. Yeah. Wow, that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. So for a parent now, and we kind of touched on this at the beginning, I've got a four-year-old, a two-year-old. So yes, the accounts are set up now. Is there information even now for a person whose children are 15 years away from deciding about college that is important and relevant in this process? I think so, because when your kids are little is really the time to save and plan for college because you have to imagine that tuition for all colleges and universities across the board has gone up over 300 percent so it's continued to go up every year yeah and we think that it is going to continue on that trend of increasing every year because Colleges and universities have very little incentive to keep the tuition low because the government is underwriting these loans. Right. So if they're going to give the money, well, we'll take the money. Right. Tuition is now, it's not 60,000 a year, it's 80,000 a year. Thanks Department of Ed and the money comes in and there's no incentive to lower tuition. Yeah. So um, that's the trend right now though. And maybe it'll change, but for the foreseeable future, College tuition is going to be very expensive. And so it makes more sense now than ever for parents to really plan for 529 accounts, for grandparents to have 529 accounts, and then to be familiar with the federal loan system. So again, that's really where I like to come in and create a plan and strategy and take that anxiety and stress away because, you know, Anxiety and being overwhelmed by it really is a real thing. Yeah. I see it oh, yeah. all the time. And I see it with parents. I see it with students where they feel like they can't move on with their lives because of their loans. And it really is just, they just don't know what the options are. And once they realize, it just takes that burden off of them. Okay. So my wife and I were watching this uh, financial show on Netflix. Um, It's like living my rich life or how to live my rich life, something like that. Okay. Anyway, this gentleman goes and it's sort of like the setup of an HGTV show. He goes and he meets these folks and he talks to them about their finances. So there's this one fellow he's talking to. And this guy says to him, he's looking at his money. He's like, well, you've got $200,000 in student loans. And the guy goes, yeah, and I'm never going to pay him. 
Right. And he's like, well, well, what do you mean? You're not going to make any payments? He's like, nope, never going to make a payment on that at all, <laughs> ever. Not going to touch it. And he's like shocked. He's like, what are you talking about? So you have been making the comment of being in, in compliance and in good standing with these loans. Let's say you're this guy mm-hmm. and you have said, nah, I'm not going to pay it. Maybe it'll be forgiven in 10 years, but it won't if you're not in good you know, compliance. In good standing, right. What are the potential downfalls to an individual should they decide, you know what? I got my money. I got my education. I'm not paying these back. That is not a good way to, to go. No. Because <laughs> I think most people would agree, like, this is a bad idea. Yes. Because part of the reason that um, the statute is there is because you have reasonable options under the statute to stay current and in compliance. If you need to borrow federal loans, great. And we also have these payment plans where the payments are very reasonable and then the loans are forgiven. So there really is no excuse to not stay current and in compliance on your federal loans. So if you go into default on federal loans, it's not like going into default on private loans. The federal government can swoop right in. They don't have to file a lawsuit. They have something called an AWG, which is an administrative wage garnishment, and they just swoop right in and take 20% of your gross. Oh, right out of your income. Right out of your income. Wow. And your notice that your wages are being garnished, that's your notice. And there's and no it. way there's to no fight fighting it. it. Nope. Yeah. So there are ways we can get you out of default. If you are in that situation, there are ways under the law that we can get you out of default and get you back into good standing. There's something called rehabilitation, okay. which rehabilitates your loans. That takes about nine months. We can do a federal consolidation, which is faster. I like rehabilitation because it takes the um, negative mark off of your credit report, which is kind of nice because that's worth like 50 points on your FICO score to get that default removed. Right. Um, so there are ways to get you out of default. If you're if you're retired and you're on Social Security, they can take your Social Security. So it's serious to be in default yeah. on a federal loan. So there are many, many ways to avoid that. And that's also where we come into the picture and just making sure that, again, staying current and in compliance, that's where it's at. You know, yeah, <laughs> with right, federal right, right. loans, yeah. that's where we want you. We want you current and in compliance. And if you want to be aggressive and pay off your loans, aggressive in a good way, then we encourage that. But most people are not in a position to be able to throw, you know, $50,000 around here and there and really chop down these loans. So, you know, the main, the, the key is to know this is how it's set up. This is what's required. And here's how this is going to work. Here's my 10-year plan. Here's my 20-year plan and my 25-year plan. And it doesn't have to be exact, but at least you have the peace of mind of knowing, okay, my student loan payment is not going to be such that I have to choose between paying my student loan and eating that month yes. or not paying rent. That is not necessary. It's just you have to understand, you know, where those options are. So if someone wants to reach out to you, do you recommend that they start at your website or and then what does uh, is there a consultation? What what are the first steps of, of contacting Kaplan and getting involved? Well, so, yeah, absolutely. Just visit us at our website, which is financialrelief.com. Yeah, I don't know how you guys got that one. By the way. <laughs> Nicely done. That's like getting Home Depot. I'm like I saw that. I was like, how did they get financialrelief.com? That's brilliant. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. So financialrelief.com, um, raykaplan.com. Um, also, we'll link you to financialrelief.com. If you are somebody who is confused about, do I have federal loans? Um, you can go to the the site run by the Department of Ed, which is studentaid.gov. Okay. And that's the site run by the Department of Education. You can create your username and password. And once you do that, and they'll verify your identity by sending you an email, you click on the link, and then you, all of your federal loans will populate in there. 
So if you have a bunch of federal parent plus loans and a bunch of loans from when you went to school or grad school, all of them will show up in there. Oh, okay, great. And so maybe as a parent, you should get your own FSA username and password and your kids should have one too if it, they're already in college. Um, and that way we can figure out who owes what and what the situation is. If you also have private loans, we would just need a, a statement from your lender. So if it's like Discover, Wells Fargo, Sally Mae, those are some of the big yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah. Just get us a copy of this statement. We can also run a credit report for you, which is a soft um, run. So it's not going to hurt your credit that we're running a credit report okay. for you. It's Great. a soft inquiry. Um, and so we can get an idea of where you are and then do a thorough analysis. And then we just come up with a plan for you something that you can afford with a path to getting the loans forgiven. Because okay. really, in most cases, that's available. Um, and it's just a question of when. And then it's a question of, are you going to have to pay taxes on the loans that are forgiven? Um, in many cases, no. In some cases, yes. Um, and then we'll, we'll go over that stuff with you too. Okay. So wherever you're at in the process, whether you're raising babies or you've mm -hmm. got kids who are going to school or they're out of school or you're the kid that's in and out of school – Start with you guys, no matter what phase of this process you're in, we there's help. help to be given. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I and I think, you know, whether or not you already have loans and you're confused as to how to move forward from here, we can help you. Okay. Or if you're planning on getting loans or, you know, um, because we see so many families come in, parents with their kids, they're arguing, you know, they're yeah. everybody's tense and they don't know, you know, how this is going to go. They're kind of nervous to talk to us and they leave and they're like high-fiving and smiling. Yeah. And yeah. They feel so much better because they know it's not going to be the burden they thought. It's a weirdly vulnerable conversation because yeah. first off, you have to be a person that's willing to say, I need help to do this thing. Yes. And maybe for some parents, they don't want to do that in front of their children because they maybe they don't want their kids to know what they make or don't make or right. blah, you know, right. all those things. But at the end of the day, ultimately, it's a big benefit to both parties. Well, yeah. I mean, it's really important to just not be afraid to take that one step, you know, because look, for, you know, all of your listeners out there, there is nobody who hasn't made financial mistakes right. and errors. Everybody, myself included, um, has made, has, you know, bitten off more than they can chew sometimes. And, you know, that's nothing to be ashamed of. That's how you learn. That's how you learn how to be financially responsible. Yeah. It's making mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. The question is how to fix those mistakes and move forward and not make those mistakes worse. And in fact, maybe how to get maybe even a big financial benefit, um, learning from those and just requesting help from a professional. I'm, I am not afraid to go to professionals. I don't like taxes. I don't like having to deal <laughs> with my taxes right. or my tax returns. I go to a professional for that because I don't want to know. I don't, I'm an attorney. I, I don't like that area of my brain shuts down when yeah. we have to deal too much with taxes and corporate taxes. So I go to a professional for that. And it's the same thing with student loans. And it's one of those things too, I think for folks, it's uh, a scary problem that you might just keep pushing down the road. Yeah. You know, we'll deal with it when we get to it. Uh, they're 11. All right, we'll deal with it when we get to right. They're 13. <laughs> you know what? They're 15. We got time. You know, they're 17. We should probably start. Uh-oh. Uh, yeah. We better get on the... So there's never, it's never too early or too late to get involved and well, to get right. started. And maybe you don't have to have that conversation with your kids, which is like, you know, okay, only one kid, we can only put one of you, Johnny, yeah, in the right. school that he wants to go to and yeah, the rest sorry, of you Philbert. have to go to community college. Exactly yeah, right. That's not necessary, yeah. you know? So it opens up some options, which is really fun for us. 
Well, thank you so much for taking time to chat with us and explain all of this. My pleasure. Uh, I feel like I understand a lot of it much more than I did before we sat down. Great. I was not nervous, but I was a little bit like, I'm pretty dumb. So let's see <laughs> how this goes. So I really appreciate you taking the time. No, I really enjoyed it. So go to financialrelief.com yes. for uh, more information for Kaplan Law Firm, Ray Kaplan. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Anytime. All right. And stay in school. <laughs> <laughs>